Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging. This week, we continue our interview with Sherry Snyder on the topic of reality orientation versus validation therapy. If you missed last week's episode, we invite you to listen to part one of this discussion entitled Coping with Loss. And don't forget to click subscribe to hear more great conversations on applying biblical principles to aging issues. So does does science, and you can put science however you want to in this, but as people have tried out these various modes of therapy or orientation, um, does one suggest that one, that one is more effective than another? I mean, obviously you have a bent towards one because of your biblical mindset, but what is, what is any kind of testing, any kind of methodology uh, and procedural testing, what is that showing on behalf of these kinds of therapies? I don't have any scientific data. I have personal experience data. So if I may give you an example of my personal experience data. Absolutely. One day I come upon a situation where a resident had gathered up all of her belongings and she was leaving. And I said to her, it looks like you're having a bad day. I need to get home to my parents. Just like that, I went to a time in my mind when I was 10 years old. And I was so homesick. They couldn't do anything with me. They finally had to take me home because all I did was cry. And so I said to her, I said, it's a terrible feeling to be homesick, isn't it? Yes. I said, are you homesick? Yes. I need to get home to my parents. I said, well, it sounds like you love and miss them very much. I do. She said, I have a picture of them right in there. And she points to a room. I said, would you show me? She takes me to her room, we sit on her bed, and we look at pictures. It took me one minute to get her from leaving to sitting on her bed, showing me pictures, and the situation was over. Hmm. But imagine how that scenario would have played out if I would have said to her, you can't go home. You live here now. Your parents have died. You live here. You can't go home. I'm going to tell you, Andy, what would have happened. Somebody would have been hurt. Mm -hmm. And that somebody would have been me. Because if I would have blocked that door, she was going to mow me down and and leave. Let me give you another example. This is a beautiful example. I got a million stories. (laughs) as I was leaving one day I looked out the window and I saw a lady standing outside with the nurse that was working her floor and the nurse looks up at me she sees me looking at them but she doesn't appear to be in distress so I walk on I want to go home I'm headed for home it's late in the afternoon I'm headed home And as I passed by the door that they had gone out, I just felt this tugging that I need to go outside. Hmm. 
I wanted to go home, but I was being pulled outside. So I set down my things and I went outside. And I said to the resident, I said, it looks like you're having a bad day. She said, I am. I just learned that my son has died. And if there is any breath left in me at all, I am going to go to him to console him. I said, well, that's what any good mother would do. Well, she doesn't understand that. Mm -hmm. Pointing to the nurse, I said, well, would you like me to ask her to leave? Yes. So the nurse leaves, and I sit there, I said, so how are you going to get there? And she said, well, I have a car. And she starts walking towards some of the vehicles because we're out in the parking lot, but she makes no attempt to get in one. So finally I said, and this really isn't validation, but I was flying by the seat of my pants. And I said, well, what if we call your other son to verify this information? I think that is a good idea. So we go back in the building. And we go to her room. And it's, we walk into her room, and on the table in her room is the book that you sign it when you go to a funeral. It's the sign-in book. Mm -hmm. And she said, this is from her husband's funeral. And she's looking at every page. She turns every page and is looking at it, reading every page. When she got to the page where, where everybody signed in, she said, these are all the people that we know. I said, they are. You're right. And it finally dawned on me, this, this situation was over. It had passed. And I said to her, I said, well, since you're okay, is it okay if I come back and see you tomorrow? She said, I'm okay. I said, yeah, you're okay. And here's what she said that was so beautiful, so insightful. In her disorientation, she said, these young people who think they are out to save the world don't understand that arguing only makes the hurt go mm. deep. Mm. Whenever you use reality orientation, Generally, that's what you're going to be doing you're, because they are, they are focused on feelings and you are insisting that they face the facts. When you argue, you lose. You lose every time because even if you think you win the argument, you've lost the relationship. Yeah. That's a that's a great word, Sherry. That's great. Well, I appreciate the stories and, and your answers to these questions. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Uh, perhaps something that I haven't asked that you you would just beg me to ask at this time, rather than me asking, you just you just present it for us. Another word that I do want to talk about is fixing. We want as as caregivers as children, adult children of aging parents, we want to fix people. We want to take care of them 
and we want to fix them. There's a couple of problems with that. Number one, we cannot change the losses associated with aging. Hmm. I can't take those away. I can't change those. I can't fix mom. I have had numerous adult children in my office wanting to fix mom. And mom can't be fixed. Not only can we not fix mom, mom really doesn't want to be fixed. She doesn't want to be set straight. You know what she wants? She wants her feelings to be acknowledged. She doesn't realize she needs to be fixed. Right. She doesn't know. She doesn't realize she needs to be fixed. She doesn't want to be fixed. She wants to be accepted and understood. Yes. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to ask me? Anything that you think needs more clarification or? Sherry, I think this has been helpful for me. I mean, I've been a pastor for many years, uh, but like your brother, not your engineering brother, not with that IQ, but uh, the analytical mind that both of your brothers seem to have, that's, that's in my nature. So, you know, I, I've learned by trial and error. Thankfully, the Lord has allowed me to learn with people who don't have dementia and I've been able to put, you know, kind of transfer that into an idea. But as far as the idea of reality orientation, I see that on the nursing homes, uh, the, the residential centers and stuff that I go into. I see those boards, you know, right on the yes, yeah. uh, everywhere. And, and, and I didn't understand care. the purpose of it. And they don't, you know, the, the, the residents, they don't care. Right. They don't, they don't care what today is. If they don't ask me what today is, I don't tell them what today is. I figure they don't want to know. There you go. I, whatever they ask me, I tell them. I had a lady one time. I, I knew her my whole life. Um, she always could call me by name. But she could not remember that her husband had died. And every now and then she would say, have you seen Lee? I would say, no, I haven't. It sounds like you miss him. I do. And one day she asked me on her own, she said, have you seen Lee? And I said, no, I'm sorry. I haven't. And she said, you know, did he, did he pass? And I said, I am sorry to tell you, but yes, he did. And I thought her answer was beautiful when she said, well, you know, I know if he, if he could have helped it, he wouldn't have done that. Because really what she's saying is we loved each other so much that if he could have helped it, he would still be here with me. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you another story. Please. I, I had a lady here. She lived to be 104. When she was 103, she was in the beauty shop. We were getting ready for her birthday party. She was in the beauty shop getting her hair done, and I was in there painting her fingernails. She never knew how old she was. She, she was a beautiful example of how our soul is ageless. And so in the, while we were getting her ready in the beauty shop, I said, 
today is your birthday party. Hmm. How old are you going to be on your birthday? She said, 13. <laughs> 13. Now, I could have said, oh, no, you're 103. Isn't that wonderful? But I didn't do that. What I asked her was, what do you like about being 13? Asking her that question did not say that she was 13. It didn't say she wasn't 13. I asked her, what do you like about being 13? And her answer was so beautiful. She said, everybody loves little girls. Hmm. Who wants to be 103? living in a nursing home with no family, when you can be 13 and everybody love you. Hmm. Not my place to take that away from her. It's okay. If she wants to be 13, that's okay. I didn't say she was. I didn't say she wasn't. I allowed her to be where she wanted to be. I accepted her where she was without argument. Yeah. That's that's a beautiful example. That's uh, in fact that's a great way to end. Uh, honestly, just to, just to let this uh, soak in for everybody. Mm -hmm. But as we do that, though, Sherry, I, I do want to ask. Uh, obviously, uh, you are the administrator for the home there at, at Arcadia and, and for the Baptist home. Um, there are needs, there are concerns that you have individually that you have for uh, your part of the organization. What are some of those? Obviously, there will be many people who pray uh, that will that will watch and listen to this. Uh, what are some things that you would share to the audience today that say, you know, if, if you wanted to take a few moments to pray today or for the rest of this week or every day, what, what are some things that, that you would share uh, that, that could be helpful to you and or your ministry uh, and or the Baptist Homes ministry there? I think given in light of our current um, circumstances with regard to the pandemic, there has been and an, there has been no cases of COVID in any of the Baptist homes. Um, we have been diligent in trying to keep our residents safe. Um, we have been praying for a hedge of protection uh, around the Baptist home, around the residents and around the staff. But we also have, as part of that, we have uh, based on state guidelines and recommendations, we have limited access to our residents or their families. We are now allowing for visits on the porch with a barrier and distancing and masks, but they still cannot touch. Mm -hmm. And that is really difficult on residents and families, uh, emotionally, physically. Um, you know, it's, 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 times are very difficult. And I would ask, that would be one area that I would ask for prayer, is that, that God continue to protect the Baptist home and the residents, um, that, he would, that he would give families and residents a, a peace and an understanding and um, a sense of just, just the, the, the assurance, a sense of assurance that they would know that the residents 
uh, that their family, that their family is uh, being cared for um, and that, you know, I wish it were different. You know, and, and I, I appreciate the fact that they have all been cooperative in what we're trying to do and they're all understanding in the way that we're trying to keep the residents, their families safe. Uh, but it's it's just very difficult. And that, that's probably the number one thing on my heart. Sherry, I do appreciate the time that you've taken today and uh, for the audience with the little glitch that we had, that, that'll, uh, you see a different background and that's okay. You know, we, yes. we got the, we got the essence of this. And so Sherry, thank you. Thank you for uh, the Baptist Home hosting this podcast so that this message can get out to all of those and maybe be an encouragement to those that might need care, those that might seek care. If, if they needed that, Sherry, just in closing, how can they get a hold of the Baptist Home? Or you, you said that you go around and, and check out the possibility of residents that, that have filled out an application. How does somebody get in touch with the Baptist Home to begin that process if they are interested? All of our information is on our website at www.thebaptisthome.org. Applications are there, phone numbers are there, emails are there. So that would probably be the easiest way um, to do that or just to give us a call. Again, I, I field a lot of questions, um, not just about the Baptist home, but about dealing with mom and issues of aging and, and um, how to cope with those things. So, you know, if, if anybody that needs to talk about those kind of things, even if they're not interested in placement at the Baptist home, um, I'm happy to do that. I do a lot of training outside of the Baptist home. I do training and validation in other, in other areas. So um, just, again, the, the easiest way to, to locate our information would be probably on our website. Okay. Well, thank you again very much, Sherry. And uh, I'll look forward to getting to know you better in the future as well. Okay. Thank you very much, Andy. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.